Hi, I'm Max. And this is Harjad. And this is our podcast. Have you been crying? No, but I've been making plans for the weekend. What are yours? I refuse to comment at this time. Ooh. Okay, let me speak to your lawyer. I I am the lawyer? <laughs> that doesn't sound very sure. Even your lawyer isn't sure what he's doing this weekend. <laughs> He's not even defending. This is the manager. This is the manager speaking. How can I help you? Hi, um, I'm the mother of Karen, and I would like to know what Harjot is doing this weekend, and he refuses to tell me. Listen, if you don't have a mask and gloves on, you cannot come into the store and ask those kind of questions. I'm not in a store. I'm at my place talking over the computer. Do I need some special mask to ask a simple question? It feels like you have some reservations for some reasons. I, I would like to I don't have any reservations. That's the problem. I wish I had reservations. <laughs> Just take me out. You seem angry. You seem angry. You seem angry. You need to calm down. <laughs> Make me calm down. Uh, la, la, la. La, la, la. Go to sleep and good night. That is very patronizing, especially when you sing it to an adult. Give me five words out of what you're gonna do this weekend. Oh, looks like time's up. We've got to go. We'll uh, we'll we'll, we'll catch up <laughs> shortly. Cue the music. Cue the music. <gasps> What up? Hey, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have anything prepared already. Uh, I am. Uh, Are you okay? I have some water. I've I've been hydrating a lot lately. Um, Ken told me how much people should hydrate based on their weight. Mine is about like well, I won't tell you because then you'll know how much I weigh. Never mind. I need numbers. <laughs> it's a trap. It's funny. I asked you how you were, and you sound like you're making excuses and then diverting the conversation. <laughs> I hope you're okay. I'm fine. Uh, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, the weather's been decent out. I've been making trips to Ikea, setting up my rooftop terrace for Ooh. parties of one currently, but maybe parties of two plus. Two plus? Who's, yeah. who's coming? I have some social <laughs> gatherings in the pipeline. Right now, it's just party of one. Ooh, tell me about this pipeline. <laughs> this pipeline's thick. It's long and thick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Disgusting. So we have guests coming over. You gotta clean yourself up. Oh, okay. Let me uh, uh wash my face. Uh, wash my hair. Wash yeah. my hands. I guess. I hope you've been washing your hands. Yeah. We have two very special people mm. on our pod today. They are the women of one of my favorite bands, local bands. Uh, if you live in Toronto and the GTA proper. Uh, Madam Psychosis, uh, Michelle and Ooh. Jaina will be on the pod today. Whoa, what's that sound back there? Somebody's like racing. It's ridiculous. Oh, are, do you have to put on your booty shorts and wave a flag? You got to go out there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. All right. Let, we'll, we'll get through this interview quickly so that you can get out there and, and pull one of those. Uh, what's the, what's the move? Grease? The final scene of Grease. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or Mariah Carey music video. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Okay, well, Mimi's not here. Um, okay. But two other amazing women are here today on the pod. Hurry up. Grab your shorts. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I have my two my two dealer dear friends, Michelle and Jane. Your two dealer friends is what you were going to say. <laughs> no, edit that out. I have my two dear friends, Jaina and Michelle, on our pod today. And considering it is Pride Month and a lot of important issues around race and the Black community have been coming up. And I think these two people are kind of perfect to have on the show. Nice. Welcome to the pod. Hi, I'm Michelle. I'm the lead singer of Madam Psychosis, and I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having Yay. us. Hey, it's Jaina, a drummer and background vocalist for Madam Psychosis. Yeah, we're really happy to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Cool. Both happy. They're both happy. Awesome. Now I'm crying. <laughs> Ooh, on brand. <laughs> so, I mean, just to get kind of right into it, we're not going to romance this. You know, as somebody who really wants to be a good ally and also a good friend, I wanted you guys to be on the pod because I've been interested in the experiences of the both of you being BIPOC women who are queer. Share with us, what are those challenges that you guys have faced in the music industry and in Madam Psychosis? Being a mixed band in general, Mm -hmm. you know, by gender, by race, by even just something as simple as personality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That in itself is its own little, you know, bubble that Funny enough, we're complete strangers and complete opposites in so many ways, but we mesh together so well. Yeah. It's kind of the ideal of what you'd want the world to actually be, mm. you know? But we do find that in general, just outside of us as a band, our actual relation to the fact that we're in rock music specifically, that is a very predominantly white male industry Mm -hmm. that it can be hard to navigate it's like you're the the one out almost most of the time it feels sometimes that you have to work harder Mm -hmm. you know getting into the band I was kind of hoping it wouldn't feel that way yeah But, you know, after putting in the work, releasing music, you know, doing all our outreach to gain exposure, after following a bunch of bands on social media, it is just completely whitewashed. Just Mm. totally. Yeah. And it just, it makes us realize, like, this is a very difficult industry if you're not white. Yeah. (laughs) Like, honestly, especially when it comes to rock music. For example, if you get declined for something that you've applied for, are you getting declined because that you actually don't fit? Like your music actually doesn't fit or are you getting declined because of what we represent in the industry, Uh which is people of color singing black music, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What was fundamentally black music coming into an industry that's now predominantly, you know, white male, white female. That's kind of just the general experience of being a person of color. And I'm sure, you know, Michelle, as a Black mixed race person, you have your own individual experience. But like this idea of, does somebody reject me because of the color of my skin? Or is it because I'm not good enough? That's like in everything you Mm, do, right. right? It's true. That's completely true. What do you, what, like, what do you feel like? How do you guys market yourselves? Do you feel like you have to out yourselves? Like, when you're booking a gig, like, how do you feel comfortable presenting the band? Yeah, in terms of like how we kind of market ourselves or, you know, when we're doing our outreach to get gigs and different opportunities, we're usually trying to avoid marketing ourselves as like a black fronted, female fronted rock band. But yeah, we do make sure to make a point that we're mentioning that we're a female fronted rock band. Mm. Just us being in the band, like each member, we actually like how different we are. Yeah. And we like that we're bringing something different Mm. to an industry that's 
otherwise, if you look at it, is all the same, you know? So it's kind of nice to say, hey, we're queer. Like, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's okay to do that, <laughs> and we're okay with that. So I'm always interested with BIPOC people growing up and then wanting to go into a field that's more creative or the arts. Sometimes it so happens to be the case, and I've experienced this personally as a person of color, um, that there's a bit of resistance in your own community, sometimes around doing something that's a bit more creative and, and arts driven. Did you experience any of that from your, your inner circle? Definitely when it comes to family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For me personally, it's not even really resistance. It's more of like, it's almost like some family just doesn't want to hear about it. That's how it feels at least. Huh. It's kind oh. of like, you know, music is kind of a cool, fun thing that we're doing, but sometimes it feels like maybe it's not, we're not really taken seriously. Hmm. Yeah. My mom, I know, was always like, you know, music's great, but you need to have a backup plan. And that was her main thing. Yeah. Right. And growing up, I had resistance to that because right. I felt like I wasn't getting the support I needed. Right. But now as an yeah. being older and knowing how hard it is in this industry, I actually appreciate that my mom was like that because I may not have been as focused on that note, does your did your family ever come to your shows? Do they ever show like actual like in person physical support? Okay, so that has always been a source of contention as well, especially with extended family. I actually uh-huh. don't have a hell of a lot of support when it comes to actually coming out to shows. Like even friends, it's hard for me to get people out in general to uh-huh. to shows. And it's nice that to have uh, band members that are able to bring people out because it's like you get mm-hmm. that almost like that confirmation from them that you're not getting from Mm. you know family members Mm. but there's always that little bit of sadness I guess um, with regard to not having your own people fully support which isn't to say that that I haven't had family members actually come out I have had the support but it does take a lot more pulling teeth to make that happen so Gina what about you I totally agree with Michelle kind of on the same page like um, you know I have certain family members that are I can feel like their love and support they'll always make an effort to come out as much as they can Um, I don't always feel it with all my family but I do they do message me and we do talk about the band and uh, uh-huh. with some of them I do feel like there is the support there but yeah. in a physical sense where they're making the effort to to come out that doesn't really happen as much uh, with some of my family given given the fact that you are in the music industry and that you're creative artists and then also that you are people of color who are also queer um, how did your family take this news did it all come together at once or was it like over years of you having to come out as a musician and then also as a queer person? Okay, so I came out to my mother when I was about 15. And then the process of my actual family knowing has is still going on, I think. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, being in music kind of puts it at the front and center because it's now a public forum. So everybody knows right. if you yeah. actually, you know, if you actually say, hey, by the <laughs> way, we are a queer run band, like you can't get away from, you know, you can't be like, what are you talking about? Well, it's like, you know, like, <laughs> like you can't yeah. get away from that. Yeah. But like, personally, I made the leap early to just be like, this is who I am. I wasn't happy you know, mm-hmm. pretending I was somebody I wasn't. I was very self-aware from a young age. And mm-hmm. personally, you know, I've been out for a while. So the struggle happened early for me in that regard. And I've never been one really to hide that. And if I was hiding it, it was more because you don't want quote unquote family shame because of yeah. course there is still a stigma that exists. Yeah. I only came out to my family in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. So it was a long time ago when you think about it, but 
it was also kind of like I came out to them, but I never felt like I could really come out to the, the world. Like right. I didn't really come out to everybody. So even when that band started, I wasn't really out there with mm. them. I didn't really, I wasn't really out to them. I was kind of fine with them knowing, but I never really, I never really let them know. Right. right. But you know, once, once they did find out, like once Brett and you know our singer found out, they were totally supportive. Nothing changed. It felt exactly the same. If anything, I felt more comfortable and probably even more, creatively open as a result which is kind of crazy but they all supported us um are you feeling more activated given the black lives matter movement and also given the fact that it's pride and how is that maybe manifesting in your work or or how you go about interacting with people uh yeah for me 100 it is being queer and being a person of color at a time like this is stressful (laughs) to say the least but it also somehow makes me want to be a part of it more hmm. you know to be a part of each community uh-huh. more and to do more and be better i just feel like we have a responsibility i think any musician any anybody that has a platform a public platform for me i'm not a black person i am a person of color but i don't have those same experiences as as black people so i'm trying to my best to be strong especially mm-hmm. when it comes to our social media like i want mm-hmm. to make sure that we are speaking up uh, and using the platform as a way to get the message across that, you know, work needs to be done and, you know, share resources and kind of be there and be part of the change. Um, Using our platforms to, you know, express uh, the importance of Black Lives Matter movement. What is your advice for people who are like me and seeing some of my fave artists who aren't talking about it? I, it was hard for me to sit there and just see nothing being said. For me, that was very painful. And the only way to help with my own mental sanity was literally mm-hmm. not to even have those specific people that I cut off on my timeline. That made it easier for me personally. And that's why I did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking of like, like myself uh, managing the social media for the band. Yeah. Like one thing I'm doing is just speaking up in the comments, especially because a lot of the people we're following are music industry people, right? Yeah. Labels, bands, music magazines, whatever it might be, yeah, that are specifically rock-based, it's important to at least try and speak up if you don't feel like they're saying enough or doing enough. For me, it's like if they don't have anything of value to say in response to that, then I'll either leave it be because mm-hmm. just like anything, it could take time before we see progress, right? Yeah. I'm hoping, mm-hmm. maybe I'm having too much hope, but I'm hoping that behind the scenes that maybe these radio stations, uh, music publications, labels are actually putting in the work. Like, personally, I put up, um, you know, a link in my bio because I didn't want to have to educate someone at, at every turn either. Yeah. I didn't think it was my responsibility to do that. So I literally put up my own post regarding what's going on and trying to educate a little bit. And I also put a really good source that had, you know, books and articles yeah. and and movies and all this other stuff that people could, you know, click on that link and do their own work. Doing my own work is different, but that I'll continue to do that. But doing work for other people like that is that's as much as I was willing to do because you know we all have to live our own lives as well we have to we're all going through this individually as well you know regardless of what your race is or 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 how you identify it's funny so one of my black friends was telling me that a lot of her friends on her list are starting to dm her with like proof of receipt that they've been active about (laughs) the movement kind of just tagging her confirming allyship (laughs) like that and she's like this is like please don't do this black people from what i'm hearing are are tired of 
having to do that. They've yeah. been educating the public for years, actually. It's just like you've decided to tune in now. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's, I don't know. It's kind of crazy, to be honest. That's so funny. It's like they're walking on eggshells almost. Like yeah. they're just scared and not knowing what to do or say, but just do something. And I think, you know what? One thing I don't think we've talked about that I think is really important to do mm. is if you are confronted with a moment of racism in the sense of mm. you, it may not be directed towards you, but you're a bystander, then why aren't you stepping in or saying something? Like, yeah. you know, something as, as simple as it's not, that's not okay. Yeah. I agree. The other thing I've been you thinking know? about a lot is um, like for me personally, I'm very shy, very introverted. Mm. I'm way better at communicating over like text, you know, yeah. writing out mm -hmm. my response, like that works for me. Uh, but speaking mm -hmm. up vocally is actually a real challenge for me sometimes that, you know, I hear things all the time. We all do. We hear like bullshit all the time and yeah. we don't say anything. Or for me, I don't say anything. A lot of the times I just think everything, internalize yeah. everything and then regret later that I didn't speak up. Right. So one thing that I'm trying mm -hmm. to do right now is actually almost create scripts in my head of how I would approach ah. these situations um, going forward. For somebody like me that is extremely shy and introverted and you know, have a bit of social anxiety, I kind of need to have mm. a script in my head so that I'm, I'm prepared. To a smaller degree. It's like when you want to cuss somebody on the street and then you wait till you're in the shower. You're in yeah. the shower yes. and you're like, man, yeah. <laughs> like, First it. of all, like, yeah. everything I wish I said to that person. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's oh, satisfying, man. but then you realize, like, shit, like, I'm not the one that's hearing this right now. I yeah. should have said it at the time. You're right. You're mm -hmm. like, it's a waste now to use this script now. So yeah. I like that you're coming prepared with, like, these are responses that maybe they won't come off as, oh, that's emotional. You're being hysterical. Instead, it's, yeah. like, very well thought mm -hmm. out. It's just exactly. what they need. And then you're like, I'm done. We're not talking anymore. This is all that's I need it. to let you know. Right. Exactly. No, that's great. That's a good strategy. Um, what are your favorite venues to play and why? Coolest ones were Horseshoe yeah. Tavern. You know, Lee's Palace was amazing. Iconic Toronto. Iconic venues yeah. that, you know, major yeah. artists have hit those stages. And it's just such an honor to be able to play those venues as well. So that mean, means a lot to us. But Hideout is one of those venues that have always been really supportive of indie acts. Mm. They have a beautiful venue, beautiful stage. Their sound is really good. They're really good to work with, really easy easy to work with and it's just so sad that a venue like that uh, had to shut down mm -hmm. but I feel like that that venue meant a lot to me personally yeah well, we did have our album release there so yeah do you ever have any anxiety around playing for a specific venue that you feel like might not be a safe space uh yeah I remember what on. it's called now which one are you thinking <laughs> Shoot. I feel like that's so happened. many venues so far for me the only one that really stands out for that is the bovine sex club uh, I don't want to get too political about it, but I didn't feel the most comfortable there. I didn't have the best experience there. there. I don't even know if I want to say that's the venue itself or it just happened to be the crowd that was there at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But there are, there's lots of shows that we've played so many shows in the city. And, you know, sometimes we just can't fill a crowd and we're playing to very minimal people. Mm -hmm. And the thing with Bovine, it was great because there was that built-in crowd already there. Um, so that was really nice. But when we actually look back at it, it was, it's all white people and we appreciate the love and support, but it does definitely make us feel a little bit like outcasts. Are there black owned or BIPOC owned 
venues in the city? I don't even know because we usually don't, we're not in contact usually with the owners. We're usually in contact with the person who's booking us. Yeah, sure there are. Actually, I know of a few, but they don't tend to be rock-based venues. That's another thing. If you look for venues that are owned or run by people of color, usually it's very much towards genres like R&B, hip-hop, reggae, that kind of stuff. Not Uh so many that would be for rock Hmm. because of what their clientele wants to hear. Okay, so I want to talk about what is some cool stuff that you guys have going on? You know, what can we look forward to from the band, from both of you? Yeah, so um, we have a live stream coming up on Saturday. So the show starts at 7. Uh, we're going to be, Michelle and I are actually going to be singing a couple of songs at 7.50. Um, so it's run by For the Gwarls. It's a, a New York-based organization and mm-hmm. uh it's basically like a queer person of color artist showcase and fundraiser that they're organizing mm-hmm. uh, so we're going to be taking part of that this saturday at 7 50 and besides that uh, you know of course it's hard to really do shows right now just due to covid so yeah. we're trying to find different ways to be creative at home continuing to try to promote our our new album that came out in september survivor mm-hmm. hopefully release some videos and some live maybe some more live streams and also we're songwriting as well so we'll probably start releasing some stuff over the the coming months that's exciting and then michelle yeah on a personal note i just released a single that i'm pretty proud of called crazy world that's available everywhere for streaming and purchase basically discussing the issues that uh, are going on right now covid you know not been able to be with the people we love at this time Mm -hmm. just you know for their own safety and our own safety and it also discusses the Black Lives Matter movement and how that has also affected me personally and pretty much the raw emotion behind that and just being fed up with the fact that this is still a struggle in 2020. Yeah. Where can people find your social channels and information about the band and also Michelle for your solo music? Yeah. So for Madam Psychosis, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram at Madam Psychosis Band. And if you click the link in our bio, there's uh, a whole bunch of links uh, that'll take you to our website, you know, Spotify, Bandcamp, YouTube, etc. Nice. For my personal stuff, fullname.com for my website, so michellemondeser.com. Also on Instagram at michimondeser. And Facebook is the same at Michi Mondeser. And again, my bio link on Instagram, you can find links to my uh, Spotify and other places you can discover my music. We'll share all this stuff in the in the episode notes. So if people are like, you didn't take this down while we're talking about it, we'll have it in uh, the episode notes. You can just like click through. But yeah, no, this has been really fun. I'm yeah. super happy yeah, you guys came to the you guys came to the show. I hope it was like a good balance of both intense and and also celebration of you guys. <laughs> I'm I was so excited to have you on because I know how important just all of the issues that's been coming up in the past like month weeks. You know, great to have your perspectives, and I feel like I learned a lot. And I'm looking forward to you guys teaching me even more, even though I know it's not your place. But I need <laughs> that post. Where can I discover new music? And I can't wait to listen to your new single michelle so thank you thanks guys awesome thanks. thank you so much for having us yes, both of you yeah thank you so much oh, you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> and now because our guests are musicians if they're gonna play us out so uh play us out please we're madam psychosis and uh this is our latest single kapow
Aren't they great? Did you love Michelle and Jaina? They're so magical. In fact, I'm going to launch my music career. I'm so inspired. Ooh, yes, we need more people of color. What is your genre, though? Uh, Songs in the key of introversion. Okay, what does that sound like? It's an orchestra of sounds that sound like somebody who's really unsure and trying to insert themselves into a conversation. Like, um, um, I think I shouldn't have come to this event. That's a full track. And then it's the wrinkling and crinkling of a of food, like just like all of the emotional food wrappers. Ooh, emotional food wrappers. I'll be featured on your album. I'm excited to listen to Michelle's single first. And then if I have time. Oh, I hear uh, the cars racing out there. Are you zipping up your your booty shirts again? Uh, Listen, I got to go. I got to go back. I got to go back to work. Okay. Like enough of this. The races. Please. I I ironed these shorts. I've got to go. The races will not be raced until until there's somebody (laughs) out there waving a flag. Somebody who's eye candy. Me and my crop top and my short shorts. Hit the high note. On your marks, get set. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Um, roll the roll the music. I'm Michelle Mondeser, and here's Crazy World, my latest single. Okay, bye. Bye. Why I and G 
sheep Tired of the bullshit talk Time to let the bullshit walk Let me hear you say it Let me hear you say it Tired of the bullshit talk Time to let the bullshit walk Let me hear you say it Let me hear you say it Oh, it's a crazy, crazy world Tired of the bullshit 